Welcome to the AI Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. Every day, I bring you breaking AI news, diving into the implications it has in your life and business. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast and getting your company in front of thousands of AI enthusiasts every day, there's an email in the description. Finally, make sure you are on the waitlist for the AI Box platform, a tool we are building to allow you to automate virtually any task with AI tools. Find it at AIbox.ai. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you go on Twitter recently, you will have noticed there is a ton of people who are currently claiming that GPT-4 is getting worse. And up until this point, right, this has been happening over the last couple months, but up until this point, it's been mostly anecdotal. A lot of people have been saying, hey, I used to be able to get it to answer this. It's currently unable to do that. But now we are actually getting some research that may give a little bit more concrete evidence to this phenomenon. So today on the podcast, we're going to be diving into if chat GPT and GPT-4 are actually indeed getting worse, if this is just a figment of people's imagination. Is this just the fact that, you know, we're starting to expect, you know, and set higher bars for these AI models as it becomes less of a wow factor? So we're going to be diving into all of that. Without further ado, let's get into it. I think the first thing that is um, kind of making headline news right now is the fact that a handful of researchers out of Stanford have actually run an experiment since the beginning of ChatGPT till now, uh, testing it on its ability to answer certain questions. And over the course of um, that amount of time, this was Stanford University and Berkeley, they found that indeed it did get worse at answering a number of questions. So essentially what happens is they showcased in the ARXIV uh, preprint archive, and they suggested that GPT and its predecessor, which is GPT 3.5, are actually evolving backwards. So, um, GPT 4's once really reliable um, ability to deal with complex mathematical queries, uh, I mean, really reliable. It used to be terrible, then they fixed it to be a little bit better. Um, but even that has been on a downward slope. So, it's now managing to correctly solve about 2.4% of questions about prime numbers it's some like prime number math questions and it can get it right about 2.4 percent of the time but back when they originally tested this which i believe was back in march um it was actually able to do it nearly every time so this is some serious um decline in its ability to solve certain types of math problems so i think interestingly enough while the modern version gpt4 has been giving you know not very great, uh, essentially not very good details for its problem-solving steps. The older version, GPT-3.5, has actually been enhancing its skills, so specifically in the realm of basic math. Um, I still think that it is floundering when faced with more intricate code generation, of course, so that's not where it's great. But the online tech communities have seemed to be, you know, debating this for quite a while on whether ChatGPT's, you know, performance is indeed declining. So in the case of AI getting worse... Um, people are asking, is this the AI getting worse or the users becoming more, you know, discerning about its limitations? So some have even suggested that this uh, perception might have contributed to the drop in engagement that we have, you know, ChatGPT announced that 
from last month to this month, they did see a slight decline in engagement and usage of their tool. So a first for the application, uh, this that was the first time that this happened for the application since it was la uh, launched earlier. So GPT-4's most recent iteration seems to be really grappling with um, spatial reasoning and coding-related queries. So for instance, researchers put it through its paces with coding problems for LeetCode, an online learning platform for coding, and they found that the recent version could only produce functional code 10% of the time. So earlier this year, it was also um, tested and it was able to execute successfully 50% of the tasks they gave it. So in a chat with uh, Gizmodo kind of did an interview with the researchers Matai Zaria and James Zhao, and they expressed their concerns about the bot's declining performance. So they mentioned that GPT-4's response now features more base text and the code often requires more corrections. So I think this really has a big problem that it poses for the business. Um, and, you know, for any businesses that are intending to leverage ChatGPT to help with code generation, um, it's also kind of an underlying issue that is associated with depending on a proprietary AI whose functioning remains largely unscrutable, right? Like this is not very transparent how ChatGPT works. We, we can't see the code. It's not open source. Um, in contrast to projects like Llama 2 out of Facebook, which they have announced they're going to be open sourcing and offering for free. Um, and so I think this is something that this kind of has a bigger issue, which is the fact that if you go and get an API to an AI model because you test it and it can accurately you know, do what you need it to do, and all of a sudden this thing gets worse and worse over time, this is a big problem for any developers and any organizations that have embedded GPT-4 into um, their business, right? Like I personally have software where we are using the API to GPT-4 and we're getting into all sorts of really cool stuff. But if GPT-4 is getting worse and worse, all of a sudden my customers are going to be getting worse and worse outputs. Um, and this is a serious problem, right? Like in reality, you should have one API to a tool. Um, it should work. You should not be able to live update that tool. You should be able to make a new version, right? And I think a lot of this kind of happened when um, you know, OpenAI said, we're not going to be working on GPT-5. We're just going to work on fine-tuning GPT-4 and making it better and better and kind of refining that. But I think the issue is when you refine something that is live, if it's, you know, you make some sort of small tweaks and uh, inevitably it starts negatively impacting the overall thing. I think a lot of this might be the fact that they're trying to do, um, they're trying to make this thing more performative, right? So it's obviously really expensive. If you if you have GPT-4, they only let you do 25 questions every three hours, I think, if you have uh, premium. And the issue is, I'm sure they're like, well, let's make this thing as fast and snappy as GPT-3.5. But the problem is, inevitably, I'm imagining some of these performance enhancements they're trying to do are actually making the quality suffer. So um, this is a big problem. This is a big issue, especially for people that are embedding this into software. I think Zaharia, who's a professor at Stanford, he really emphasized the reliability challenges posed by integrations with these uh, language models. But he also pointed out that the changes could be due to a shift towards more um, conversational patterns. So OpenAI's VP of product is Peter Welder, and he was countering these criticisms. Um, and he said that ChatGPT is not dumber, but that its users are getting more aware of its criti uh, criticisms, or I mean limitations. So you know you have this kind of the researchers doing this are saying it's getting worse opening eyes saying no you guys are just becoming more aware of what it is unable to do 
But I think, you know, from the perspective of the researchers, they did the same benchmarks and the same tests over a course of months and it, you know, the tool performed worse. So I think that's, you know, a pretty smoking gun in this case. Um, I think these recent findings don't actually indicate any major overhaul beyond fine tuning. And I think they don't suggest any deliberate, you know, preference of GPT 3.5 um, over GPT-4, but still I think the researchers recognize the potential impact of even small adjustments, which, which could really significantly alter the AI's response pattern. So in response to this, Zaharia and Zhao are considering a broader study that encompasses challenges in other companies' language models as well, right? So they've done this for ChatGPT. It'd be really interesting to see this done on, you know, inflections, AI, and on Anthropic and a number of others as well. So I think despite the issues, it is not all downhill for GPT. Like this thing isn't just a model that's going to completely die because it's getting worse and worse. I think the model actually displayed enhanced resilience to prompt injection jailbreak um, attacks since its launch. So that's one thing that has improved. It's also been, um, it's also reduced its response to, you know, some prompts that people would consider problematic, which is just, you know, OpenAI trying to lock down their model more. Um, and that again is, uh, you know, that's something that people could argue about the pros and cons. However, I think there are some concerns remaining about its ability to generate responses that are really responsive, comprehensive, and actually accurate. It's not perfectly accurate. Um, we know that. I think everyone knows that you definitely have to fact check everything that comes out of it. I don't think that is a surprise to anyone. In any case, Zaharia is also an AI, con uh, is also an AI consulting firm executive, and he advocates for more transparency from OpenAI about the updates and changes to their models. I think this is an absolutely must necessity, right? Like if you are if you are supplying this to customers who are embedding this into their products and you're making tweaks and changes live, you absolutely have to tell people what's going on. They need to, they need to be aware that they need to test this, right? Coming from my own software background, um, every time we make any sort of feature on our application, we test anything related to you know any single button or feature or anything or bit of code that could touch the new feature we've done and then we also go through and test every feature on the entire app just to make sure nothing somehow got broken that we were unaware of and inevitably that does happen a lot right like we'll push out a new feature um, that helps people do something better and then we don't realize but somehow it messed with the onboarding flow or some small aspect somewhere um, and so, you know, you'll get a support request. Like typically you make one adjustment somewhere. It doesn't affect something too far away, but it does happen. It is possible. And I think the same concept applies to these AI models where you fine tune uh, one area for something specific and you don't realize that it may inadvertently have caused um, harm or, um, yeah, problems in another area of the model. So I think that, um, you know, Zahara specifically was saying that, you know, giving this kind of clarity to consumers on what changes were happening is going to help users understand the AI's behavior better. Zhao, on the other hand, doesn't think users would welcome that kind of complexity to their, you know, AI toy or whatever. He thinks it's just going to be too confusing if OpenAI is giving updates on what they're tweaking. But in any case, regardless of their opinions, giving the increasingly heated discussion surrounding AI regulation and potential harms, I think it would be wise for OpenAI to offer some insights into its workings to help, you know, its user base understand why their um, AI might be changing or doing things different. I think it's going to make a big impact, especially for businesses. I, I honestly think that's kind of a must so that we know what to test and if we need to make any tweaks. So this will definitely be something interesting to follow in the future.
Thank you for listening to the AI Chat Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're looking for an innovative group of AI enthusiasts, make sure to check out our Discord channel and Facebook community. It's obviously a lot more interactive than a podcast where we can share software tools and prompts we're using in AI every day. I'll leave a link for those in the description below.